This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all I got for me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Welcome to the August 18th edition of One Nation Radio. I am your host, Rich Ladder. Of course, here with my co-host, James Boyd. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. Uh, are you going to tell your story, or, or can I tell my story? Which, which way do you want to go? I, I think mine might be funnier. I, I think sure. you should go first. I mean, um, yeah, mine's like, I, I don't really have too much of a story, but uh, I, I did have a question for you before we get into all the wrestling stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's what, been a- what's, what's your question, Rich? What are you going to ask me? Okay, so I'm going to ask, have you tried this Popeye's chicken sandwich yet? <laughs> oh, my God. Why, why, one, why would you ask me this? This is just a question, sir. This is two. And two, why do I feel like you already know the answer is yes? <laughs> so, so you have had it. I have, I have actually. Had so, so, yeah. so, what are the reviews, sir? I have not yet had it, and and I, it is my quest this week to acquire one. Um, it's great. It makes uh talking a in a less uh as a person that pretends to have um some type of uh some type of distinguished palate. Um, it makes very good use of uh the pickle. Um, it, it really goes together with uh, the sandwich. Um, it's almost as if they do something special with the tenders because the tenders are very, um, are very, uh, <laughs> they're not dry. I'm not going, I'm not going to say juicy. <laughs> I'm not going to say juicy. <laughs> they, they are, they are, uh, are, are moist. I'm not going to do that. The, you know, people hate the word moist, but, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, they, I, I think next time I ask, I might ask for, um, I might try it with, you know, with because no, it comes with mayo on it. Okay, now. So, but I, I, next time I'm probably gonna if I go get it again, I'll probably get ranch. But yeah, it it was good. Now, upon hearing about the Popeyes, well, one uh, more thing. Yeah. The thing is, the thing is fucking huge. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it is. It's probably like a size and a half of, let's say, a Chick Fil A sandwich. So, upon hearing about uh, the Popeyes uh, chicken sandwich, how fast did you go get one? Um, I didn't get one because it was because I heard about it. I heard about it earlier in the week, and then I was um, 
I was in the neighborhood of a Popeyes and drove by. And I was like, oh, let me go to Popeyes. And then because, you know, there's so few Popeyes in this area. And then I was like, oh, yeah, they do have the sandwich. Let me get that. It just turned. It just happened. It wasn't like, oh, I need to go get this. Okay. You know, back in the day, I used to. It was make some voyage. junk food. I would make a voyage. Like, yes. I Yeah. So, but no, nah, not this time. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, between, I had kind of a a dopey weekend um um you know <laughs> friday i was you know out sick and you know i was uh like sick from work and then you know i laid on the couch all day and then i was like i, I, I won't say depressed i'll just say disheartened with all this jay-z and kaepernick shit um of course uh combined with you know there was one other thing this weekend that just like made me go up a wall but uh i can't remember right now but uh, I did, you know, hang out with Jeremy uh, on Saturday. Happy birthday, Jeremy. It is actually his 30th birthday today. So, Jeremy, keeping it strong style. The founder of Social Suplex. Just want to give a uh, shout-out to my dog there. Um, we had a blast on Saturday uh, kicking it together. So, um, yeah, man, besides that, what what story you got for us, James? Okay, well, first, I, I happy birthday, Jeremy, and like I, I I'm glad y'all had a good time because I felt I felt guilty that I couldn't come out, but I had prior engagements. But you know, we'll probably come up with something to to do some foolishness around with him for his thirtieth, uh, at least on my end. Uh, but moving on from there, so have you heard of the 1619 project? I have not. The 1619 project is this. Um, is this uh, piece put together um, from the New York Times uh, in collaboration with a bunch of different writers, um, mostly headed up by Nicole Hannah-Jones? You know Nicole Hannah-Jones um, from, or you might remember that, might know the name, but mostly, you know, she came to my life in 2015 for um, her work on uh, talking about school segregation. Um, anyways, they came up with this uh, this piece, to basically a uh, history almost uh, piece and different articles from different people talking about, you know, um, kind of, um, kind of like giving you a history of, uh, from the first time, the first slave ships, and I know this is a bummer, but whatever, uh, the first slave ships, uh, uh, landing on what would become America to, um, the end of slavery and kind of today, so, uh, her piece is more or less talking about like, uh, you know, uh, black people are some of the most patriotic people in this country. Um, I we, think I did hear uh, you know, something about this, but yeah, I, I yeah. did not read it. Yeah, you sent it to me, but I, I didn't get a chance to read it yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more or less like, you know, her piece is like, you know, um, starts off with her dad. Her dad, uh, in the military, he used to always fly a flag. When she was young, she didn't get it. Um, now that she understands, understand like the amount that black people have uh, put up with and fought for in this country, for people's liberty, for uh, their liberties and also there's a blueprint from their fights is also being a blueprint for other people's fights, whether um, um, LTGBQ or, or what have you um, black people's fights have been, have kind of been the roadmap, right. To get their liberty. So, right. uh, so that's, that's her piece. And there's other pieces like talking about, you know, we've talked about this before, like how, uh, you know, housing, redlining, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, so well, we opened up with chicken talk and slavery talk. We are <laughs> on brand today. Yeah. So, so but anyway, so, uh, it's a, it's a, it's in the, it's a New York times magazine, which means it's in the Sunday New York times newspaper. So, um, I went to Barnes and Noble trying to find it, couldn't find it. They don't sell new paper newspapers, go figure. So, uh, <laughs> person told actually directed me to Publix, go to Publix, uh, 
grab the magazine. The thing is the biggest freaking newspaper I've ever seen. Yeah, Sunday, right? the Sunday New York Times. They, don't they sell that shit for like $12 or some shit? It's six bucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so I'm at the, I'm in the line, and it's, it's, this, uh, it's this 16-year-old or some high school-age kid, and... <laughs> <laughs> he uh i handed the paper and i guess he's not used to people you know getting them in the in the in the uh checkout aisle as opposed to just getting it at the front desk at the customer service so he says this is a huge this is a huge uh newspaper i was like yeah and it's six bucks too and his eyes bug out almost and i was like yeah uh this is the biggest mag this is the biggest newspaper i've ever seen he goes on and he says uh, as I was like, uh, yeah, the reason why it's so big is because it's, it has magazines, and actually, I'm buying this because it has a magazine in it. And he says, What's the magazine about? It's a white kid, so I, I like, I don't want to bump him out and be oh, like, Oh, no. yeah, it's, 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 a, yeah, it's about slavery. I don't want to do that, like, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do that. So I'm like, I say, I, It's about American history because it is, right? Yeah. So then he goes, Oh, I'm an AP history, I'm, I'm an AP, I'm an AP history, American history class. I was oh, like, Man. And I was like, I, I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because of knowing how poorly uh, slavery in, um, in the history of civil rights in just general, like the lack of black people in American history are in American in public school. Uh, the telling of that and also women. But I, I actually I, I deadpan. I said, good for you. I said it like such an asshole, and and then I realized I said like an asshole because I, I kind of recognized like the way his face washed over his face once I said that. And I was yeah. like, yeah, man, you know, um, you know, keep keep up good, you know, keep up the hard work. You're an AP man, you, you know, um, gives you some college credit. And then I told him, um, I I, I forgot the dismount on that, but uh, I said, yeah, you know, I'm kind of I, I enjoy history too, and I walked off, and I was like. <laughs> away, get away from but I was like, it's American history. I just like, I didn't want to get into it with this dude. Let him way out of there, boy. Uh, yeah, it, it's funny, unbelievable. So, ten minutes of chicken and slavery talk for One Nation Radio. Uh, I, I guess that's it for the week. Uh, we out of here. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let y'all. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, you know, kind of a light week uh, this week. We did get a couple questions in from so Suplex Group, but um. There are just a there's a couple big topics actually to go through along with, you know, uh, just, you know, some subsequent things. Uh, so I guess we might as well start with like uh, the NXT USA rumors. By now, everyone pretty much should know what it's about. Um, the rumors are that NXT, instead of going to FS1, they will be going to USA. Uh, no one knows the date really yet, but the theory is that it would be out. A couple weeks before AEW gets started on TV, uh, we'll get to AEW in a minute. But um, NXT on the USA Network, you know, <laughs> so when I heard this news, I was just like, oh my god. Uh, you know, we've been talking about NXT for a couple months on the show, about pretty much the soul of what NXT is and what it is not, and, you know, how it's going to look. I think it completely... Um, takes a turn for it will never be the same again i'll say that um them going to a live format or a semi-live format and a two-hour format on usa network is gonna make a lot of interesting narratives talking points and fan kind of reactions to uh said thing uh, you know, especially from the folks that, you know, claim NXT, you know, the, the wrestlers on there, they're not, 
you know, the main wrestlers, you know, whatever. All that goes out the window because it's literally on the same playing field as Raw now. It's now mm-hmm. a national brand and everything like that. So I'm going to throw it to you, James. Like, when you heard about this whole thing, what did you think about this? I have my thoughts on it. I'll just save them, uh, you know, for later. <sighs> um, I think my first thought was more, um, wow, Vince is actually going to get his hands in NXT. And I that means that NXT is going to look a whole lot different than what it looks like um, currently. Um, and chances are it's for the worse. Uh, given, you know, the run, if you look at, you know, NXT's four, or I'm sorry, uh, five-year run, um, NXT has been a more consistent, um, more put-together product than, than the main roster has. Because, um, I mean, that's just flat out is. Uh, they have bigger production value, but that's still, you know, five hours, well, I'm sorry, five hours of uh, television versus the one hour, and the one hour is just quality control, right? Um who knows where Triple H would have uh, would have turned would have uh, put this car would if it would have still been in the road or if it, in a ditch if he had to work on five hour television every single week. Um, so, you know, um, just that alone makes it um, an issue. A year ago, um, I thought to myself, uh, oh, no, not a year ago, um, probably like six to nine months ago, I thought to myself at that time. NXT has so much talent that they could, in fact, move two hours and everything would be copacetic. The problem is now they have far less talent than they did before. That's back when they had Aleister Black and they also had British Strong Style and um, Ricochet. Uh, yeah, and Ricochet as well. And um, and we had and we had those people there to help supplement the roster. Um, they had an embarrassment of riches now with uh, NXT UK taking taking form um, with. You know the call-ups over the last two batches of call-ups that are no longer with us, like Head Machinery or um, or Nikki Cross. It's the talent is is less talent, and now they're moving to two hours, and so they're you know I think they have enough talent to pull it off. Can you know they have a bunch of guys? I mean that's part of the reason why they did the breakout tournament. I'm, I'm assuming is they got to keep these guys kind of established. Um, but as far as the um, as far as the top level talent is there, but um, I don't know what's going to happen once Vince, you know, once Vince vinces, right? So, right. I think the soul of NXT is going to be completely robbed. Uh, the thing that made it special was the one hour. Um, yeah. NXT is not something that most fans <clears throat> watch at, you know, the time slot anyway, um, normally. Um, and I, I think I'm the only person that does. It's probably me. Uh, it's probably me, Jeremy, and Tom are only people. Three people I know that for that for sure, like on a semi-regular basis, at least watch that the eight o'clock uh, on Wednesdays. Right, and I think it's yeah, kind of like I mentioned on the show with Tom. It's like it's a blatant counter-programming thing yep. that makes NXT less cool. That makes NXT a battle weapon, and you know it really is going to make fans choose that necessarily don't want to make that choice. And I think it's a smart move from WWE. If you want to do that, you know, yeah. you can always, you know, I agree. But the thing about it is now you're asking your audience to not just watch five hours of live programming a week, uh, on first run to pull those ratings. Now you're asking for seven. So <laughs> it's um, like, it's like, this is, you know, like 
you know, first run programming and I think it's going to be a rich ask. Uh, and I don't know if this, well, you know, the worst case scenario is it, it goes WW or excuse me, W W E C W. Um, and where <laughs> oh it's just God. like this, this also ran brand, but the thing is Vince McMahon has so much of his ego and everything tied up into being adamant that they beat AW in ratings and all that. It's like, bro, I don't think there, there's no limit of what they'll turn this show into to try to achieve that goal. And then the process robbed the, you know, the essence of what made NXT special. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at is like, I mean, I'm not, Okay, so you know my 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 point is how I've kind of felt about NXT is like, look, I enjoy the show, but um, over the last few months because of you know the Champa injury and um, Kyrie saying getting yanked up to the main roster before they were clearly headed towards a um, a takeover match with with um, EO. Um, the the weird thing they're doing with the War Raiders or the tag team division in general, when you also include the fact that uh, uh, the Street Profits are on the main roster. As well, doing black <laughs> exposition. Uh, yeah, I um, it, they've been fucking with the, they've been fucking with NXT for a while, and I've always said that whatever wonky decision they come up with, as far as uh, the TV for NXT, um, is not their fault, and I'm not going to hold it against Vince or whatever else because ultimately it's supposed to be developmental, even though it has been developmental in like three years, and it's officially uh, two, two not and developmental but, now. Right, right. So my thing is, okay, if that's the case, and like I'm not, I'm not, I can't hold it against the Booker Triple H because I know his hands are tied, and then I'm not gonna be mad at Vince because ultimately this is supposed to be a like this is supposed to be developmental or slash the third place where you put or the minor league where you put people here and they're, and they're supposed to be plucked whenever, and it is what it is. If the, if the you have a rush a storyline or someone gets injured or not injured because it's, it's wrestling, but if someone gets pulled up or there's uncertainty on whether or not someone gets moved up or they're put on ice until they figure out what they're going to do with someone or they just bring them up to the main roster and they don't use them. That's Vince's whims and, like, it is what it is. So um, that's kind of where I've been, you know, probably since, what was that, March? Was that mid-March when we found out uh, that Ciampa was, was was done? Or not done, but had to go uh, miss New York, right? Yeah, it was, like, the month yeah. before. Yeah, so um, from from that perspective, it's like, okay, it is what it is, so it's, not, it's definitely not going to be the same. But um, now it's I've already had that feeling of all right whatever that that run from um, after Brooklyn Ford to Phoenix more or less like I was already kind of like yeah that's that's about as good as it was gonna ever get um, and now it's like you, you hear it's on USA and it's like okay um, I'm gonna give it a shot right um, but. You kind of know where it's headed, like, or you have an idea where it could possibly headed, so you know what the sign, what the warning signs are. That like, when once it once it starts evolving and changing into, you know, things getting picked up and dropped, people, you know, getting pushed. Have, once Gunner gets his push, you already know the what it future is. NXT champion Gunner, <laughs> right? So like, uh, so we'll see what it is. And the thing for me now is like, at least one one bright way to look at it is at least we can stop pretending that it's not development. That we can, at least we stop pretending it's developmental as opposed to a, a, a super indie, which is which it was which has been for like you know at least two years. So at least question from Jeremy he said: Do you think NXT on USA slash FS1 will be the downfall of NXT? Is there a way to make it work? 
Um, <clears throat> you mean like where it's not the thing where people want to go and watch it on takeovers or, or rave about like their matches? Or I would probably or, say not... I would probably say the general reputation of NXT. Oh, like the, as far as it being the you know, like the easiest one. Of, as far as it just being an easy watch and like things hold together, I mean, sure. Like, I mean, that was going to be a function of it moving alive anyway, right? One of the reasons why it functions as such a as such a um, straightforward and easy to understand um, storyline machine or factory, if you even call it, is because they were taping three to four. To, I mean, even, even in some cases, six times or six uh, weeks of taping in a row. So, like, you can't change plans. It's already out there. What you going to do, right? Yeah. Um, but. So that helped it stay, you know, narratively pretty tight. Um, moving the lives was going to be an issue. Moving, to, you know, every other week, two weeks was going to be an issue. Um, but here we are now. And I mean, as far as, you know, it's still a reputation. Like, you know, I, I've been saying this for a while. Like, every time we had these takeovers and they were just killer every single time. I was like, look, there's no guarantee this shit going to last. And I, never, I didn't see this, but gonna be something eventually whether it was gonna be you know the talent pool dries up uh you know no a, a, a aew i never thought aew would pop off but like eventually somebody have enough money you know come around and and or people just don't want to go to wwe all you know like that's not the end goal for every single body in north america um so that's kind of or they decided hey like we kind of lost our way here this is supposed to be Indie guys that we can just use in the main roster, mixed in, giving experience with you know our green people that are in the that are in the power plant. So uh, I thought that you know a whole a confluence of things were all going to happen eventually, or something that I didn't exactly expect. And here it is, AEW, and they're going to use that as AEW as kind of programming. And you know, like I'm going to watch both, um, but we'll we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I, I have. It's gonna suck to you know be on on edge to see like when things start happening that would typically never happen on NXT and be like, is this Vince or is this just like or or what? Yeah, because um, you know, as far as like the downfall aspect, they've had this rep and this run of guys that mm-hmm. it's, it's gone now. It's gone forever. Like you know, I I think it's it's interesting because. <clears throat> You know, someone like Gargano has been around forever, and I yep. believe he's gonna stay there. And it's like, I mean, at this point, if they're, if they're gonna move it to TV, there's no re- you now have a place for him to go as opposed to feeling like this dude is the best wrestler in North America based on output. It makes no sense that he's here, right? Like, it, you know, it now makes sense to where like if we go back in time if this was two years ago or whatever else like maybe we don't need to move Nakamura or Asuka or um or I mean McIntyre needs to go McIntyre is a WWE is a, is a main roster type person right like he can he can cut the promo to you can wrestle the style that Vince wants plus he can wrestle a hybrid of the style that's more that more fit in line even though now he's more fitting into uh what they want to do in the main roster again uh you know, fan about smaller guys, whatever else. Like, all, you know, you could do this two, three years ago. Like, we would have had a room for all these people or whatever to stay here. Um, and this would have been their, they would have been perfectly right where they're at. Now, um, we have the excuse to save, that kind of quote unquote save Johnny Gargano's career. Oof. When we thought, you know, like last year, we thought around this time, you know, he he's going to get called up soon. And what the hell are they going to do with Johnny Gargano? Um, and, you know, honestly, kind of, kind of, 
kind of wish that you know um, Ricochet kind of got spared of uh, it, this. It came up before Ricochet got moved up because we're doing Ricochet. Nothing like they did nothing with him. Put him in a tag, or sorry, they put him in a tag team. They dissolved the tag team with no conflict, no resolution. Made him a solo guy. He struggled and struggled. Lost to a fucking guy because he had a mustache for one uh, one week. Got the win back. Fight Cesaro for a few weeks. Um, in good matches. Then ends up in his eight, uh, wins the U.S. belt out of nowhere. Then they take it off of him, and they've been beating him like a drummer ever since. And it was funny because before, right before he won, or right when he won the U.S. title, it it was the the apologists yep. that were saying, "You you guys have been bitching saying they haven't done do another ricochet." Well, look, yes, he's the mid card champion. All right, well now that we have well, more time, now where are we now? Is he go? He lost to SummerSlam. He lost. He lost in a <laughs> horrible match at SummerSlam. Also, like, he's not like. We'll see what he does at King of the Ring. Like this is la- this. I don't want to say this is his last shot. That like for, but he uh, he still has credibility with the crowd as oh this is an awesome guy to watch wrestle. They he still has juice left. Like his legs aren't completely cut off, but time it's getting Sans close. Coming out, Sans coming out of that glass. Yeah. Uh, as far as like making it work, Jeremy, I I mean, I assume that they build around their their stars. Like, you know, if it's a two hour show, they're gonna have to. <laughs> these people are gonna be forced to talk more than ever, which I'm not right. totally sure about. I don't know if we want to hand Matt Riddle the mic for that no. long. Uh, Velveteen no, Dream, who knows? Like, you know, on a given week, uh, I think Cole's gonna get leaned on heavily. Uh, As he should. He's he's their best promo. Yeah. Right now, so I I think they're gonna have to like you know drop it into three segments like whatever Riddle, Cole, and Gargano are doing each week, and then try to mix any everyone else in from there. Um, it makes sense. I would say like you know now they're moving to two hours and it's gonna be live. Like you know Dijakovic when he comes back, monster push. Um, Keith Lee, they can't hide Keith Lee no more. Yep. Like. You know Chelsea. You know Chelsea Green is now um, healthier, or whatever else she's been doing in the loop. It's time to bring her up. It's time to to dust off Deanna Perrazzo and get her out the mothballs and put her in there to at least work some uh, some of the girls that you want to do stuff with. Like, you know, um, I saw somebody make some comment on Twitter about Chelsea Green and they complained about how she stashed away and because NXT only pushes for a woman at a time. And I was like, that's funny because like Bianca Belair wasn't on Takeover. <laughs> but they only push it four, right? Uh, so, but it's like I get your point, but like at least use the actual number five or whatever else. But like, whatever. Um, so, like it, it's they have the talent and people to do it. It's just you know, will they do like, it? Like and, this don't feel right. Like it doesn't yeah. feel right. And I think and that's I, and, that's the more the thing. Like the, that is the problem. Like this is not for the right reasons. This is not WWE expanding NXT's profile naturally. Um, I, this, this I is, agree. I agree. But like, what the hell is natural, right? Like, I mean, it's it is what it is. Like, Vin, like look, Vince showed up on fucking Turner and and try in the night in the sorry the eighties after buying the time slot before, like he don't give a fuck. And, yeah. and it, it's fine. And um, like ultimately for me is like, if the rest is good, I don't care. I don't care about the, I don't really care how the sausage is made. Like it's interesting. I only care about the sausage made when like, it's some type of like institutional or structural failure when like, you know, you can't tell a storyline that gets, that gets from forget from, uh, from A to Z. You can't even get out of damn, you can't even get out of E. So like, that's, that's kind of where I'm on it. Like, Give me the wrestling. Give me the good wrestling. If it's good, you know, 
if it, if things change and it's still good, okay, whatever. I just care about it still being good. Mm-hmm. And you know, Vince being around with his track record over the last two years, believe believe like this thing's going down. Yeah, Titanic. <laughs> um, like Young Jock on the Titanic, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, it's going down like Young Jock said on the Titanic. Yeah. Shout out Donald Pass, yep. man. Yeah, what up, Donald? <laughs> um, we see you, goddammit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, I think it's a, uh, it's, 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 you know, a real interesting move. And, you know, I think it's going to do nothing but fire up uh, AEW fans. I think it's going to fire up AEW in general. Like, we've seen Nick Jackson uh, tweeting, bring it on. Uh, Jericho sent uh, something out about about it. And um, it, it comes on the heels of AEW's selling out uh, their Boston in Philly, which is their second and third show. And on the heels of their first show at, in Washington, D.C. and the big arena selling out pretty much immediately within the first hour. Um, completely unprecedented in North American wrestling history, wrestling history, I might add. Um, this is crazy. And this is, it's not, okay. It's crazy, right? But it's Mm -hmm. nothing that I'm not expecting personally. It's like, this is the hottest shit going like ticket wise right now. And there's so much energy and folks just have to, (laughs) <laughs> they gotta, they gotta get down or lay down because it ain't going nowhere. Um, yeah, at least, <clears throat> at least for the, you know, it's it's it's, a, it's gonna be around for as long as you know, however long long term is for professional wrestling because long, you know, things don't last long, right? So, um, I think the thing for me that's is kind of, at least for me, I kind of find kind of head scratching as far as the uh the nxt is being used as kind of programming thing is like i don't know how much work has been i don't know if it's they are trying to fraction off the potential fan base that aw already has or is it they are trying to preserve their fan base from getting eyes onto AEW's product i don't know which which one is more but because you hear people talk about AEW's um, fan base so far from what they can, from when they, uh, from the details they can find of it, um, from you know, mostly Meltzer. When you hear about it, is there? These are like new fans that are not, you know, WWE fans and really at all. So it's like, are you? If that's the case, like, what, what is NXT being put on, like? Who is this for? Is this to save what you already have, or is this to try to pull fans from them? Because, like, there's not much interaction. Like, and I, I'm assuming that the idea is, you know, if there is any interaction, it will be amongst people that watch NXT. I'm guessing, but like, how many people is that? Fifty thousand? Right. Like, um, like how small is that number? Like, that's the thing. Only they know because, like, the network numbers, like NXT, is consistently high rated on the network, but we don't know right. the actual, you know, uh, number figure there like of how many people right. are watching NXT and I imagine that there are people that have been like me like that have stopped watching the regular TV I watch the pay-per-views like because it's something yeah. to do with my friends but if like I didn't know y'all and I was a wrestling fan I would have like been stopped watching Raw and Smackdown and just like let it go and then you know everywhere else in the world I would have been following I would have naturally fallen into liking these dudes and this promotion so I imagine that there's lots of people like that and the numbers are showing it which is like nuts right. okay so if that's your line of thinking right <clears throat> and obviously this is just you but you know 
there are obviously there are a bunch of people that that are they have that same story of lapsed fans or or people that are that felt disinterested with or disgruntled with the product the main roster product. So it's like you put an NXT up and you don't make nobody tune in to watch. It. Like you're you're not pulling a single soul or or you're pulling very few souls from away from whatever they're going to see. It's like okay, I think they're trying to mobilize their raw audience into watching NXT. It's going to be a, a, a rude awakening for, for some of our more um, you know, the quote-unquote casuals and all that stuff and you know, the the apologists that like to bang on NXT for whatever reason. It's going to be interesting to see how that you know, kind of switches up. I mean, I've, I mean I've already, you know like it, it, like NXT has always been in that weird place for that reason of like people that are Vince apologists or WWE apologists like they do not champion NXT. Like they diss themselves with NXT as if it's some other shit, like and then they talk like about fucking how Ebola they, or something. Yeah, like his leprosy it's, it's, or some shit. Like it, it's it's really weird. And that's that, and like it, it's really weird. I've never understood it. Um, so like, yeah, like you're right. You're gonna become at a point where like she's gonna look bad for on NXT sake. Like whatever. Like I would say at the end of the day, whatever happens with it. Like at the end of the day, like Vince is gonna make a bag off of this NXT deal. So yeah, by putting it on TV. So I mean, at the end of the day, even if they don't succeed on what they're trying to do, they're still gonna rake in more cash, even more cash. What do you make of the um the the AEW the triple sellout among these three shows? How fast those tickets are going? Um, I mean it's just it's just uh faith in the product, right? Faith and hope in the product. Um, and that's really you know that's the best place you can be at with um with the promotion is people, you know people like the show. People want to join in on the show and um. You know, I from what I can tell by listening to listen to the crowd reactions for stuff like this is very much to what I can tell is like this is very much people that are lapsed or people that you know or whatever else former WWE fans that Vince used to have under under his thumb that left for whatever reason or people that um you know never wanted to get into wrestling or whatever else but somehow came across you know like saw Kenny Omega versus Okada at the at the, at the um, Tokyo Dome or or at Dominion or whatever else, um, and have an attraction are people that you know trying to like wait a second, J- Jr. And, and Jericho are doing this thing, and they had some dude that was a former WWE champion. Now what's what's going on here? Or people that you know are also a lot of older people. They're just like, look, man, when they close the doors on WCW, I, I never, I never, I never went with Vince because because why would I ever want to do that? And then you know. The pe- what was it? I think it was the last episode of Raw, of, of Nitro's what two point what million? Like two point one, somewhere like around two point one, two point three. Yeah, and like remember you were saying like that two point one, they just cut off TVs. They never, they never joined uh, WC their WWE, right? So it's like those are also people that want to say like, look, man, I kind of want to, I want this feeling. Or people that saw Cody versus Dustin and were like, this is what we've been missing, right? This, right. Um, yeah, like whatever reason, there can be a bunch of people that they have. They're, they're hot right now. They have, um, for the most part, especially uh, Double or Nothing, they have um, exceeded expectations, uh, exceeded high expectations. So people have they have people's faith, and it's up to them to to not fuck it up. 
Yeah, I I, w- I was really happy to see uh, the third sell. I was supposed to those two just because every time you get to see that that sold out tweet and whatever flex uh, the Bucks does do on Twitter, it's always hilarious and it's always it's a party on the timeline as I mentioned um, before. And like you see a weird silence from um, you know <laughs> from folks that always be out here you know selling out and all that. Um, so I, I, it's yeah, it's 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 quite amazing. Like for me. You know, obviously, look, I, I I know good and damn well I I I scorch earth and burn down a um a promotion, or actually I probably I probably die by by a thousand paper cuts if I had my own promotion and that kind of bankroll because I my, I wouldn't be bold enough I just play it by the numbers all all the way right like you'd be able to predict when my when my next champion be the next champion uh, everything would be set up when perfectly just in line I wouldn't do anything bold or anything else you'd be out here like um, Sam Mushnick. Yeah, yeah, you know, I ain't booking no dumb shit. It's all serious shit. You might get one undercar goofy thing. Everything else is like straight dead ass serious, right? And like we're not hot shotting much of nothing. Like if we hot shot anything, it is, it'll be one. It'll be probably be like two things a year. So anyway, uh, for, so from my perspective, is like I um, I'm interested to see what they do because they're gonna do things that I wouldn't do. Like I would already have killed off. The, at first, I would never even put the librarian shit on on my air, but. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have people's faith right now, and it's up to them not to fuck it up. It, straight up, that's it's all they got to do is just hold it in the road. Don't do nothing ridiculous. Like, you know, um, I'm not saying it's ridiculous, but like, you know, don't do any, don't do any energy wrestling. Like, don't do any blood and guts on TV or not blood and guts. Don't don't do any blading on TV. Save that shit for your pay per views or for your uh, fighter fests or whatever else uh, level uh, shows. And you know, and don't do anything ridiculous like like do some you know something on you know something that is socially faux pas, and then I think you'll be good. Um, they had two big announcements this week. So first, they had the addition of the Riho versus Hikaru Shida uh, match that was added to All Out. Looks like it's gonna be on the main card, and also the signing of Orange Cassidy uh, on, on the roster. Uh, also before that. Um, they did announce a couple matches on TV. It was John Moxley and Sean Spears will be fighting in Boston. Uh, the third show will have championship defenses of both the men's title and the women's title. The tag team tournament will start, uh, the second week. And, you know, the first week, of course, you know, you got Jericho and the mystery partners. I'm predicting LAX, um, because they just finished up on the Indies right now. Um, so it's like they're leaving breadcrumbs. I can't quite figure it all out yet, but uh, it's enough as you know there that's intriguing. Uh, but back to the Sheeta and um, and Riho match added. Uh, do you like this matchup? If if you know they're using the same format kind of for the men's title uh, to where they do the battle royal, and it looks like Britt Baker was cleared from her concussion. Uh, she's going to be a participant. I do not believe Aja Kong will be in it. I believe she's booked in Japan that week. Um, uh, you know. It, are you know you got Sheeta and Riho there, and presumably whoever the battle royal winner is. What do you think of this? Well, I mean, I almost feel like it's lazy. Um, like the thing happened with um, the visa, or I'm sorry, the the not the no jobs thing, the no job thing with happened with with um oh my god with Neville slash Pac, whatever you were calling him now. Um. And then they decided, let's just throw your boy uh, Hangman inside the battle royal and have him win it. 
and then that make them title contender. And this one is there. There are, to my knowledge, there aren't any visa issues, so I don't see why they couldn't just had two matches and had and make semifinals out of you know, let's say people that have won matches and uh, I mean, well. You could throw. I wouldn't throw Brandy in there, but like Brandy's won a, a match in AEW. Hikaru Shida won in the six way at uh, Double or Nothing. Um, Riho won the triple threat match between um, Yuka Sakazaki and, and um, Nala Rose. I think Yuka Sakazaki is uh, also booked in Japan um, that weekend. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, well, but really, what I'm saying is like they could have made it to where you have two two semifinal matches because these are people that have won on AEW television or AEW uh, shows so far. Run it. I mean, I, uh, I remember correctly, Riho and Riho and B Priestley were on that pre-show, right? Okay. Uh, Riho teamed with Britt Baker and B teamed with Shoko Nakajima. And which team won? Uh, B's team won. B with Shoka. I mean, uh, well, I'm assuming if Yuka is booked, and so is uh, so is Nakajima. So, um, yeah, maybe just be a scheduling issue where they can't make it work that way. Maybe they're caught up in that thing. Who knows? But me personally, I wouldn't. Have, I would have had two semifinals. Like I would have hell. I would have done Asia. Kong, well, Asia Kong's booked as you said, but if Asia Kong was a book, I I just do Kong versus Kong, and then that's a semifinal. So I, I think they're probably going to go with B or Brit winning the battle royal, and they'll probably yeah. take on Sheeta. So yeah, uh, <clears throat> if I were them, I um, I don't know. Um, where where is Kylie uh, Kylie Ray? By the way, nobody knows. Is there something? Is something wrong? I thought it was some type of injury. Uh, I'm not sure. She did delete her Twitter account. So that's oh. never a good sign. Uh, they have not no, came out with any official press release or anything regarding her. N- literally nobody's heard from her. So huh, there was okay. like, there were a couple loose lines in the observers over the last couple weeks, like, you know, uh, undisclosed injury, but you know, I don't, you know, that could be anything. So, okay. Um, well, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm thinking of people that, that are, you know, potential um, AEW Women's Champions. Carl Sheeta jumps out, Britt Breaker, Kylie. Um, but I don't know. I, I probably would have had Britt Baker. Well, Britt Baker won the first, uh, the one double or nothing um, match. So or that, that um, four way. So, um, yeah, I mean, she she's good. I, I, I just would have, I probably would have. Um, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have made her the first champion. I probably would have had her be someone to chase, but who knows? They might just have her pegged as a heel. I mean, she's kind of worked heel, kind of. She's really more been of a. I mean, I haven't watched her uh, the road to. What has she been on road twos yet? She hasn't because she she just got clear from uh, concussions like within the past couple days and tweeted okay. about it. So they they've kind of kept her out of there. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, well, at least from double another perspective, she kind of felt like a tweener. So, um, but yeah. I, I mean, we'll see. I mean, what match do you want to see? Um, I, what do you want to be their title match? I'd like to see B and Sheeta. You know, um, you know, I I'm a fan of B, and you know, I only saw so much of Sheeta uh, in that you know in the six woman tag, and if she has a really good showing against Riho, um, you could, you could go to Riho too. Either either one of them. So uh, against B, so. 
Uh, yeah. I'm cool. Yeah. I'm cool with either of those. Uh, also, Orange Cassidy was signed. Now, James, Orange Cassidy was somebody that was new to both me and you as recently <laughs> as WrestleMania weekend. So, <laughs> me and James were at WrestleCon Super Show, and there's somebody that comes out and makes an entrance, and the crowd reacts like Jodeci was back, like Jesus oh himself my, showed no, up. That crowd, that particular crowd, would not have been reacting like as if Jodeci just showed up. That is, that is, that. Bro, it was you gotta, nuts. You got to come with another band. Come with another group, musical act. All right. Got to come with another one. Uh, the Bashery Boys. How about that? Sure. That Sure. That's that's far more appropriate. Okay. Sure. Far more appropriate. Uh, In sync. Like, like, yeah. like Nirvana just showed back up. So, oh, my God. Uh, out, you know, out the grave. Um, <laughs> but fucking, bro, like, insane reaction. And we're yeah. like, who the fuck is this? And it's like Orange Cassidy. And I'm like okay i've heard the name i heard he was gonna wrestle brian alvarez like and whatever right. but i'd never seen a dude wrestle i didn't know what he looked like i see the gimmick i'm completely mystified i'm like what what is right. this i'm like i see it and i start laughing and i'm like how hasn't anyone ever thought of this one <laughs> and two how the fuck like where was this happening this will never be on net. Like, like no one could ever do That's this. That's the first and a big promotion, I had. right? But I, f- I chalked it up. I believe he was in a six man tag, if I'm not mistaken. He was, uh, he there. was in a six man tag. I was with like, the dressed up like a brigade. Yeah. Right. I was like, all right, there's so much. And then everyone I, you know, hear from, like, saying, nah, this dude's a serious wrestler. Like, you know, there's, there's stuff. And, you know, he's a good athlete. He can do a kip up yeah. with his hands in his pockets and shit like right, that. Right. <laughs> so, right. He seems to be really over, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in AEW just because, like, I mean, I've only watched the guy once, so and this can't be it. Like, what, like, what, what do you make of this Orange Cassidy thing? Uh, because he's he's a star for for a reason right now. Like, if you check, like, like somebody sent out all the Bola entrance and then ranked like the the level of like likes and retweets from each announcement. Orange Cassidy was like double the other twenty three people. Like it was nuts. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, man. I, I, I'm, I heard the name before. Obviously, same way you did. Um, I think I was familiar with his with his spiel, uh, or with with what he does as far as like he's a comedy guy and the whole gimmick is he doesn't give a fuck, or he, or he hits you really soft. And then, like, once you get the shades off him or if something happens, like, he'll snap. And then all of a sudden, he, like, really, re- really, really wrestles. Uh, he going to whoop you. Yeah. So, um, from that perspective, it's like, yeah, I've seen, I think I've seen enough to say they're like, yeah, he's a good wrestler. Um, but, you know, if they use him, if they use discretion um, and, you know, they kind of don't, you know, don't fall into the being the elite stuff on, their television they can make good use of them like there's no reason why he can't be there are true for um or heath slater or whoever or you know fash police or whoever else like you know i don't see why there's why this wouldn't work now you know people have their issues because like he you know he's you know breaking kayfabe and he's making a mockery of of the sport of kings and all that other shit is like look man <clears throat> There have always been comedy acts in pro wrestling, always. So, it is what it is. Um, and you know, his his is just the newest thing right now. Um, like, should he be someone's champ? Should he be their champion? Fuck no. 
do I think they're going to um, make them make him a champ at any point? Of course not. Like they're not like look. Uh, so I, I think they'll have the discretion with them to make it, you know, make it a useful thing. Like, oh yeah, that was a fun five minutes of breaking the monotony of like all the all the flips and dives and and crazy shit that happens going to happen on their television. So yeah, like it's a variety, or I don't say it's a variety show, but it's a wrestling show. You can't just do straight wrestling. Like wrestling in ge- general terms, the reason why it turned into a work and became popular as a work because real wrestling is boring. So you have to break up the bullshit. And I'm looking for, and I think they'll actually kind of use him in a higher position than like an R Truth or you know uh, Heath Slater because this guy's over on another level. He's like one of the biggest stars that is, you know, that was recently on you know the independent scene, and I don't I, I don't get it. Like I'm not gonna act like I do, and, but I'm I'm waiting for the presentation essentially, and. I'm, you know, it's more that don't give a fuck type attitude, and that seems like that's gonna carry him uh, a long way. Supposedly, this guy's been—I I read up on him a little bit. Like he was wrestling for years and years and years, like everyone else on the Indies, and it never really, you know, broke out or whatever. And then when he started this thing, like you heard the story before, like he started doing something different, and then the shit got popped off. And it's right. like I think it's smart of AEW to take advantage of like how hot this guy is and put him under yeah. your fold because if you don't WWE will sign him and stash him. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, uh, you know, if, if they're offering Joey Ryan, um, uh, there's you know, no depth. WWE will not sink to, to take some off the market. Well, I don't even say about a depth. It's just like, look, if, if, I'll take a thousand Orange Cassidy's for I ever for if it were me if I had a promotion I'd take a thousand Orange Cassidy's for I ever take one fucking Joey Ryan like no not no not just Joey Ryan it's just I know that shit will like you're not you're not gonna you're not getting anybody that's not already in on the joke with that one like or you know like if that that people that are, that are into the Joey Ryan thing they're not flipping channels and stopping upon your television they're just not. Like those people are not paying. For, those people are, are are cordless. They have cut the cord. Yeah. Like that is yeah. that is too no. That's too far gone. So Caleb says uh, he said with NXT going to USA, how long until little AEW has to close up shop? Until they close up shop? Uh, yeah, I, I guess he's trying to be funny. I, I'll just say this. I'll say one day after Impact. Does he? <laughs> Oh man! And you know, impact okay, will hang so, around forever on the do, on the you know. Does he does he think that like NXT is going to outdraw uh, and is going to outrate uh, AEW? I don't does he think, think that. I don't think we've thought this, but you know, Caleb has been on the low end of predictions, so I would assume he would think so. I'll go on the record and say that AEW is going to outdraw NXT. Yeah, I mean, I I I feel like. I don't know how anybody will come to any other conclusion. I really don't. Um, it, you know, it's a Wednesday night's weird. Like you have to actually intend on going to Wednesday night to watch it. And like, uh, I mean, unless they're going to step, I mean, obviously, unless they do it, I mean, they could always do a takeover on, on the a takeover level card, level card on the freaking first week. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to do something like that. And if I put it past, I mean, like, look, please, if you want to do, if you want to have more great wrestling matches, by all means, do so, because uh, I'm gonna watch them. But, um, like, I don't, 
anything short of that, I don't think they're out. Drew, I don't think they're going to outdo um, AEW. I just don't like that first week. No. Um. So maybe six months from now, maybe twelve months from now. You know, after you know, if they crash the car, uh, if the kids crash the car on uh, on Turner, but off top, off top, I don't think they're going to start out with better ratings than uh, AEW. So, um, it's time to talk about the she won. Excuse me, the five star oh Grand Prix. Hit the music. <laughs> Stardom. No, I'm just playing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this this is your preview for the five-star Grand Prix. Uh, If you guys are not familiar with it, James, can you tell the people what the five-star Grand Prix is? Yeah. um, For those that follow um, New Japan or have any, you know, some idea, it's a a round-robin tournament of wrestling. Um, It's split split into two blocks, and the block leaders – our block winners end up uh, f- facing each other for a match and whoever wins the match gets a title shot. Um, it, and it's not just for the top title, the red title is for the red title or for the white title, whichever one you decide. Um, last year's winner, uh, Mayu Iwatani, she won it and she actually went for the white belt. She lost in the, um, in the next core show to Momo during Momo's great title run. Um, yeah. So um, in previous years, um, it's not like G1 where G1 typically has like, you know, 20 people every year, at least since I've been watching, but I'm um, 2015. Uh, the first year started was 2011. They st- had their first uh, five star in 2012. And over the years, they've added more and more participants as they've grown more popular. Uh, it, the scoring system is the same. You win, you get two points. You lose, you get not shit. <laughs> uh, you get sent to the back with a young boy and ice pack. Uh, or if you draw, you get one point. Um, I'm not sure on the um, on what the rule is for double countouts or whatever else. I don't know if they just get no points or whatever else. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, uh, this year they have 18 people, um, and you know, I, I mean, as far as uh, previous for individual people, do you want to do that real quick or what do you want to do? Yeah. Um, well, I, I see the final night matchups are look really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the final night, from what I can tell, and um, oh, I'm sorry. Also, one one other thing is like it's not like G1 where like you know one block has a whole entire night to itself. Like both blocks have all their matches all on the same night. So like, run it, you know, yeah. So pretty much you get eight matches between uh this year anyway, um, because there's nine people and every week someone has a pot between each block. But um, you basically get eight matches of just high quality wrestling for uh 15 you know 15 minute time limit and uh. So far, it's been awesome. I've seen three of the matches uh, that have been put up so far. But um, as far as the preview side of it, I mean, um, the blocks are split up between um, the blocks are named after or, or Red Star and Blue Star. There's no A and B. So uh, the Red Stars is um, it's Mayu Iwatani, um, it's Momo Watanabe, um, Hazuki. I'm trying to think. Uh, Sakushima Tam, of course. Um, is Saki the rookie, the one that just graduated? Uh, no, that is Saya uh, okay. Kimatani. Okay. Um, Saki, you haven't seen it because Saki is 
um, a low mid Carter prelim for adult. Um, that's probably why you haven't seen her yet. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you haven't seen that sister yet either. And uh, when you do, you're, you're probably gonna give me a bunch of b- blues about like having to watch her shit because she is basically their Yano. She, she is, she is, she is an Odeo Tai. She is basically 26 year old hot Yano. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, like last year, I actually saw her match in the G1 or G1, the uh, the five star against Mayu. The whole match is she gets, she cheats, she pulls Mayu in the ref with Hazuki because you know it's Odeo Tai, uh, and you have people cornering them at times. She pulls her pulls her out of the uh, out of the ringside area, out of away from the audience, out of the building, and uh, like two blocks down the street with the cameraman following her, leaves her leaves Mayu on the road, <laughs> literally out on the street, lays her out on the street, yes, and then runs back in her and her and Hazuki lock off all the exits and try to get a count out victory. What the fuck? So she, they locked out. They locked her out of every single entrance except for where they came, except for the fucking entrance, like where the the wrestler entrance. So all of a sudden she's like, "There's counting." She's counting. All of a sudden she's like, "Why did the ref stop counting? What's going on?" She turns around. Mayu, she goes, "Oh hey, Mayu." Mayu goes, "Hi." Dry kicks the shit, shit out of her. Damn. And uh, Mayu quickly is But like, yeah, that's the kind of shenanigans she gets into. So can't wait. But um. <laughs> Yeah, uh, she's in that block. But anyway, the the real the real the real people that have a shot at winning this thing, um, right now, you look at it uh, based off of the last night and also reputation. You immediately think of um, Hannah Kimura, Hazuki. Nice, nice hairstyle, Hannah. Sorry, it's a wonderful hairstyle, Hannah. You, you really want to go there? You you really want to talk about that? <laughs> hey man, that's up to you. <sighs> I'm I'm skipping you, past it. You sent it to me, so I mean, <laughs> I was at, I was I sent it to you because you know you're a fan of Hannah Kimura's, just like a lot of people that 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 follow Star. I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck's going on, and you need to go talk to her. You know she oh. knows a, she knows a little bit of English, oh, okay. so she you know you might be able to be like, hey man, you need to stop this shit, so, cut so, it out. So I don't have to hold the phone up with the with the Japanese characters like the Google Translate. I'll put it like this. She speaks she speaks better English than I'll ever learn of Japanese than I'll ever learn in Japanese. I'll put it like that. I can spend my whole life in, in uh in Tokyo and I'll never be able to understand Japanese the way she speaks English. I'll yeah. put it like that. Yeah. All right. So um so anyway uh, from there you have uh Hannah Kamura, Hazuki, um Mayu and Momo. Those are the four real heavy hitters in uh the Red Stars block. So um if I'm, I'm mistaken, last night of uh, of of the blocks, um, or the block final, if you if you want to call it, uh, Momo fights um, Mayu and Hannah fights Suzuki. I think it's going to be a situation where those last two matches matter at some point. Um, you know, I mean, outside of those four, I mean, the only person I see making really real no- any kind of noise in that block might be Tam on the outside, like she has some miracle run because she's so talented, but. I think though, like you're looking at, honestly, I'm really, really looking at Mayu versus Momo. It's very well, um, I very well see this playing out like this year's G1, where like Mayu, Momo, and a landslide, nothing else even matters in this block. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's up to those two because, I mean, based on the way they've been pushed over the years, like those are the two biggest talents. And you would say after that, if there were a third, 
you know, Hannah's a fashion leader, but she's not as strong a wrestler as at top in the on top end wrestler girl. So, you know, you might slide Hazuki in or Hannah as a you know a potential you know they make that match matter to where it's a tiebreak situation where you have to win again and the other person loses in, on the way out. But I, I really see it only being one of those four to have a shot. And I really think it's really down to those two if we're going to be realistic. So there was a replacement in this block. So Casey Owens yeah. uh, is not there, but she has been replaced by... Azumi, the 16-year-old uh, wonder kid. Yep, so that's fun. Um, I think the last underage... I think the last non-18-year-old to be put into a uh, put into a uh, five-star was Momo, actually, when she was 17. So, you know, kind of... By hook up our crook, it worked because Azumi's one of the better wrestlers in the company. So, good for her. Fuck um, she's going she's gonna, to she's gonna eat a lot of pins, but the magic will be good. Fuck school. So, <laughs> uh, it, and, I mean, you got to keep in mind, like, these matches are on the, these shows, except for, like, one show, I think, are all on the weekend. So, like, it doesn't interfere with the school. Look, if they if they were to you know get rid of Nash Samira and put in a star like Kid, we might we might really be onto something. Yeah, I was I was gonna ask about her, but um, so it looks like there's someone else named Avery that's on yes. there. So it looks like she's probably just gonna be uh getting beat. So I mean, maybe I mean she's Australian, so she might have some type. She might be part of that scene. I just haven't seen her though. But um, gotcha. I've I've seen like pictures, and she might be a deathmatch wrestler or a hardcore wrestler. So. We'll see. We will see. Now the blue stars. She might, she might be Moxley. <laughs> so you know, Josh will hate her. Josh will hate her then. You know. Oh my god. <laughs> so, um, our blue stars. Uh, so take us through the blue stars block. Yeah, um, blue stars is pretty much like there are outside of maybe one person, and that person still a, is still an average wrestler. Like you're just. I feel like this meant this is just top to bottom far more depth. Like they can go one to eight and people that I want to watch wrestle any match on stardom world. Uh, um, yeah. So, you know, you have Kagetsu, one of the best wrestlers in the world, uh, regardless of gender, you have jungle Kiona, who is one of the, <laughs> who's also one of the best wrestlers in the world, regardless of gender. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, you Konami who pretty much at this point is just like, I feel like she's one of the more underrated wrestlers in the world. Um, Utami, who, you know, is just kind of kind of in a weird place right now. Um, so Utami is? Yeah, I think she is. Uh, like, she had all the belts. I mean, there's also a like, thing where they're setting up doubt. Like, if like if you were to say her story is kind of similar to what the Momo story would be. This is the uh, rebrand. She... Sorry? This is the rebrand. Like, yeah, it's like they start off, do, you know, dominant title reigns or dominant champions, kind of, you know, lose belts along the way over this thing. How what what's next for them if they win? It's them riding the ship. Um, you know, they, they, they you know they mow through the tournament or you know, they make a run through the tournament and just puts them right back in position where they gain whatever momentum they lost in this motion. They just um, this person was just chugging along, chugging along, chugging along. Not everybody can be gold, bro, on the way to the title, right? Uh, so, I mean, that's the story right now for her. Um, I, I, um, I think she needs to embrace her size and her physicality. Um, after watching this jungle match, it's like, 
you know, I, I know you were kind of dis- you say you're kind of let down with the um, B match. Like you watch that jungle match, you ain't gonna be disappointed. Like these women beat the piss out of each other. It, it like all just just clotheslines galore, shoulder tackles galore, selling not selling, firing up. Like it's it's just it's just great. Um, so um, that that's if I were to say winners in this whole thing, um, I think Jamie Hayter's a good wrestler who's charismatic, but. I mean, she's she's not signed, even though she's about to be. She's in the middle of a six month tour for Stardom, after wrapping up a tour she was already on earlier in the year. She actually was at uh, she actually was at the um, New York show. Yeah, uh, and yeah. So, um, I think she's going to be at the bottom of, of the of the car. Same for Natsuka Toro. Looks like Arisa's um, in this block. Team Hoshiki over here. Yep. She's going to be in it, and she's in there with a bunch of talented people, so we're going to see if she can consistently bring it and if she can do anything besides kick. Uh, next thing we have... <laughs> uh, I mean, I I want to see what she can do in a match that's not... Or, eh, I don't really... That's unfair. I don't really care, but, like, she gets a good match, it's good, but, like, I want to see where she stands amongst the pecking order of the rest of this block. Like, can she be as consistent as someone like Kagetsu or Jungle or... Um, Konami, or even yeah, I think she'll I think she'll probably do better um, than Andres Miyagi, but that Miyagi is a better technical wrestler. Like so, she should have a good match with her. Um, it's also gonna be interesting to see her and B together um, because I saw a couple. Of, I saw one tag match in particular where I saw B and Arissa together, and I thought like they can have a great match together. Like these two look like tall, you know, for Joshi, tall athletes. Um, yeah. so I, it, that, you know, that both throw strikes, I interested to see what, how that works out with them. Um, but you know, so, so there's a thing, it's a language that, barrier. There, there, Sorry. There's a preview uh, that I got up and it's funny. And it's, you know, they talk about the push that, uh, Arissa has gotten ever since she committed to stardom full time. That sounds right. kind of a ish, uh, to me. Yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, you probably don't remember this, but, um, I was, I, I made a point to you about, um, around the time of Cinderella, the end of April, um, that, like, yeah, it is similar, to, it's very similar to the, uh, the B thing, except B has the issue of she's not, she's not Japanese, um, she's a gaijin, is that these are two people that, like, while Quietus is kept, because, you know, stardom is mostly built on tag matches, tons of tag matches, except for, you know, the singles match, single title matches for the most part, um, you kind of can forget the booking um, as far as story. So you can get lost up in all the tag matches and stuff that happen and you forget like individual booking. So B hadn't lost a singles match since April of last year. Uh-huh. Still to this day. Arissa hadn't lost, has not lost a singles match since she um, returned to the company in, I want to say October. So I'm sure she'll catch a few. No, I, I, well, I'm just saying, like, these are people that have been protected, but they're not as over as their push. Um, even though Orissa has had banger after banger after banger in, in, um, in, uh, four you of know, them. they're, they're, huh? Four of them. Yeah, she's had, well, she's had three. I, I, the, the jungle matches, I'm not, I'm sorry, the moment match she won the belt, that was like the third best match on that card, but it was still a good match. Um, but she's had four, you know, Four and a, four and a half or better match level matches, um, or three in a row. So, uh, but she's now she's now starting. I feel like at least from crowd reaction and um, from streamers, or whatever else is watching, like she seems like she's about where she should should be or where she where they want her to be. Um, so I'm not really 
you know, I think it's, I think it's, um, I think it's starting to pay off now. Uh, I, and honestly, like putting her in the tournament probably at the wrong time because at this point, like she's been being like you know these these people that have credibility with the crowd, and now you have to beat her or have her do draws. At right now, I, I probably would have come up with someone to keep her out of this damn thing. You know, um, but but yeah. So you know, at the top of the card, uh, the, or the end of night, uh, in the last night for for the blocks, um, if I remember correctly, um, it is. Arisa versus Kagetsu. Kagetsu um, lost out of getting to the final last year because Hannah Kimura came back from Mexico after, you know, because she was part-timing at the time, uh, starting, but she came back after being in Mexico for a, for a while and double-crossed Kagetsu in, um, in her last match. So that allowed uh, Tam Nakano to win and Utami, the rookie, got to the final. That explains how the rookie <laughs> made it all the way to the final. Right, so, um, you know, I think I think there's a good opportunity for you know you're going to see Arisa versus um, Kagetsu. So I would imagine that match would be fa- fantastic, but I, I could really see that match being the match that uh, would be the quote unquote main event if this is a normal, um, if this is like a G1 type of situation. Uh, that that last night with them is like all all kind of stacked. Like the last night is also Jungle versus. Um, Jungle versus Konami, and that might be like you know, <laughs> that's gonna be a that could be the best match on that whole entire card. Uh, I think they'll both be out of it by then, but I think they'll be the best match on the card. Um, I think also like a um, trying to think who else. Uh, Andre Andre Miyagi Andres Miyagi versus uh, B is also in that card. I think B, you know, she's your champion, so you can't. She has to be contention to last night. Um, and then no, I'm sorry. Uh, it is Jamie Hader and in, in B in the last night. Um, so, but you know that's gonna have implications because B is gonna be, um, ha- or almost has to be until until last night and involved still alive in the block. And then, um, Utami versus Andre- Andres Miyagi. That'll be interesting because like those are two people, or at least Andres Miyagi. Like I felt like if she had, a, I feel like when I watch her, if she had a t- a singles title match. She would have a banger, but I'm not sure yet because like she's super strong and she wrestles, um, she wrestles very smartly. So and she and she does like you know swan taunts and stuff like that. So like I you know I kind of I can see it, but like I haven't seen it, but I see the potential there for her to do that. And also like she's wrestling Sendai, and like I'm pretty sure if you ride her getting trained by Mako Satamora, you can wrestle a damn high level singles match. Just kind just kind of think that. And also she she's crazy because she does all the, the the demon stuff. So, and she's over. So what but, what would be the final uh, that you would be like you know kind of most on deck with? Um, I mean any combination honestly of um any combination that involves Momo or Mayu in the final um makes sense. Uh. Obviously, you got to figure out a way to get to get the champion out of there, right? Um, or get the champions out of there. So, once you eliminate champions on the blue block, I mean, that's Kagetsu makes all the sense in the world. Um, uh, I would say, I mean, Big U, Utami, yeah, Utami as well. Like those would be the two that immediately come to mind. So it makes sense that that's why they're wrestling each other in the final night. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not the final night. Wait, I got the. I'm. I've already lost track of who's in final night, but like it makes sense for Utami or Kagetsu to be uh, to be to win the block. So any combination of Utami Kagetsu versus Momo or Mayu. So we had a question from from Murray. He said, "How good do you would you say that Stardom's tag team division is? Notice they have tags and trios belts, but they have not been mentioned." Oh, on our podcast, um, oh, we kind of only mention them in in passing. Like their tag matches are, um, they're very they're very high high floor. Like you never get a bad tag match in Stardom. Um, they do too much stuff, honestly, for it to ever happen. Um, my thing is with their star with their um their their tag matches in general, multi man tag match, multi person tag matches is that. Um, the first third of their matches do not matter because like, depending on if it's Odeo tie in it or or Hannah Kimura's in it, like they're immediately starting off by jumping somebody or or whatever or during you know play, wrestler entrances or whatever else, and then they're immediately brawling out in, amongst the fans. And my eyes just glaze over and like, all right, let me know when y'all get back in the ring. <laughs> all right, so um, so for me, uh, so you know, once you get pet, if that's not your thing, it might be your thing. I, I just don't care. I just like I just want to watch y'all wrestle. I don't, I don't need to see brawling. Like <laughs> y'all are like like the brawling's cool and everything, but y'all y'all are not y'all are not John Moxley brawling. The street. This is not the same level. And then also because it's multi multiple people and there's only you know there's a hard cam and you know at best two other people on camera like you don't you, you have no sense of where people are at certain points and then like who's the legal man to start off the match and really all it comes down to, or whatever it's it's two in the weeds but um yeah I I enjoy their matches like I want to say the they didn't have a tag match at the last Corkin because Jungle was Jungle was a tag champion she actually was challenging for the for the white belt at the time but. Um, the I want to say it was a not Osaka. It was a uh, Nagoya. Uh, Nagoya. The last time they were in um, Jungle's hometown, they actually her and Konami won the tag belts from Mayu and Momo. I'm sorry, uh, from Utami and Momo, and that was that was one of the better matches of the year. Um, that was kind. Of, that's also where we. Uh, <laughs> that's also where uh, Jungle debuted that freaking muscle buster stunner, stunner deal that she's been doing in these big matches lately. Uh-huh. So, um, so I, I, I think I kind of mentioned it in the past, but like that match was that match was awesome. I probably would have given that four, four and a quarter. Um, as far as the trios matches, all right, James, you were saying as far as the trios matches, yeah, <clears throat> um, as far as the trios matches, like um, because of the, you know because there's three factions or four factions. I mean, it's faction warfare. More, first and foremost, when all this stuff is starting, um, you know, you more or less get you know two two high level people um, and a pin eater um, for your trio team, and then you know they're out as always. Oh, they pin the weak link of the bunch. Um, so, you know, the matches are typically always good. Uh, they. Right now, they kind of been like hot potatoing it. Um, like for example, I want to say that uh, stars, stars with Mayu and Saki and Tam, they were the trios tag team for a while, a good long while, probably since I want to say earlier in the year, they were uh, the trios champions. And then, um, you know, this is at the time where Mayu was still dealing with knee issues, and like that's another thing when she was, um, when she was doing the the world of the uh, the women of honor uh, title matches and all that stuff, like she was out there still recovering from a torn MCL. 
But and wrestling and, Kelly Klein. <laughs> yes, I would say the biggest thing is wrestling Kelly Klein because her and uh, Konami ripped it up uh, while she, you know, before she went back and put uh, dropped the belt in New York. But so yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so sh- they were they were champion the trio champions for a while, and then um, I guess to kind of jumpstart the push of the new faction of TCS with. Um, amongst the big three in TCS of uh, of Jungle and Hannah and Konami, uh, they won the trio belts. I want to say it was at a Corican show. I wanna, it might have been June. Can't really remember, but um, they lost them at they lost them in June, and then uh, Tam, Mayu, and 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 Saki in, in a weird thing where they did almost like an automatic rematch. Like they won them right back. And then after they won them right back, they dropped them to to freaking uh, they dropped them to Natsu Samire, um, Andres Miyagi and Kagetsu in uh, Osaka, which is uh, Kagetsu's hometown. And they've been the champions ever since. So it's been like a, a few weeks, maybe like six weeks. And uh, at the last Korokin, um, from actually just last week, they actually defended them against the other three members that are currently uh, in Odeo Tai of Hazuki, uh, sorry, Hazuki, um, oh my god, I'm blanking on the name, uh, Nasuka Tora, and I can't remember the last person, well, whatever, uh, the match was okay, um, it started off with brawling, and then it never, and then it was only really good when um, Hazuki or Kagetsu were in, uh, so, like, the matches, the trios, and right now is in a weirder spot than it was earlier in the year. But um, generally speaking, the title matches, all title matches in Stardom are always uh, pretty damn good, regardless of whatever belt it is. I just remembered what other thing upset me over the weekend. What? Hearing that the Lakers might try to talk to Dwight Howard. Okay. I I, I just thought I should mention, but um, <laughs> um. Yeah, man. But uh, we had another question uh, come in from Murray. Oh, the the third person in that group of that challenge for the belts was uh, Jamie Hader. I forgot about that. There we and, go. Yeah, and Kagetsu and and Andres Miyagi and uh, Natsu. They were trying to on on Twitter anyway. They were trying to say that like. Look, we understand that we are the lovable bad people, but you look at like the lot that we have that are champions. Like it's it is Kagetsu who blows who blows the, the poison mist, right? It is uh it is the it is Natsu Samire who always fights kids because <laughs> she's a comedy wrestler, and then it is uh and then it is also uh, Andres Miyagi who is this. Uh, <laughs> Who you know is calls herself a demon and and you know and and plays you know metal music on the way to the ring. So they were saying like we are the heels and they are in uh and you know Hazuki Jamie and and uh, Nascotor like they are they are not the heels of Odeo Tai. So they try to make it a heel versus babyface uh, match inside of uh, wow inside of yeah inside of the same faction and it's just like I get what y'all are trying to do. It ain't work like. It just ain't it isn't work, but it was it was a it was a pretty fun match. So unrelated question, uh, he says. M- Murray also says on the ho scale, where is Kenta? <laughs> so first, you got regular hoes, right? 
Oh my god, I'm not doing this. Then you got big old hoes, right? I'm not good. Then you have whole hoes. Kenta is a whole ho for what he did to Tomohiro Ishii and Katsuyori Shibata. So hopefully that uh, helps you out. Um, what was the other question? Also, he gave us another question. Um, <laughs> so which match are you most hyped for at the Super J Cup? So New Japan's doing potential Super- matchups or what you see in the first round announced already. I I think first round announced, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, uh, I, I had I have the bracket here, so I can go through it real quick. So I mean, the only one that it immediately popped out in the mind because I, I was uh, amazing red in a possible last match against um, Osprey. Like that's that, that immediately comes to mind. Yep. Uh, so because I've never seen amazing red, but I've heard so many people talk. So glowingly about how much of a you know a pioneering um, type trailblazer he was as far as moves and everything else. So I'm interested to see like what's left. Like this is kind of like a, a Shima thing uh, yeah. for me right now yeah. at this point. Um, so uh, elsewhere on the block, they've got Show and Taiji Ishimori facing off. Got mm. Clark Connors and TJP reappearing in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Robbie Eagles against El Phantasmo, of course, you know, Ooh. stemming from that angle they did in Australia. Uh, you've got Ryosuke Taguchi against Jonathan Gresham on the right side. You- so how? So that's just going to be a comedy, right? No, nah, you never know. Because, you know, Gresham might try to, like, wrestle him on the mat. So, mm. um Match, you know, I'll, I'll go on the record and say I'm looking forward to this one. Yo and Dragon Lee. Uh, oh, I, th- yeah. I, I think yeah. Yo is spectacular, and I love Dragon Lee. So, um, uh, Caristico and Bushi battle the masks, and Rocky <laughs> Romero versus Sobrano Jr. And, you know, Rocky Romero had a great run and best Super Juniors. So, I, I'll go Yo and Dragon Lee, and of course, Osprey and Red. Uh, I'll also throw Robbie Eagles and Phantasma on there as well. Yeah, yeah. Just for going through the list now, like that comes, it comes off as top three to me. What a fucking tournament! Like, god damn! Like, so they also like this comes on the heels like WWE announced the King of the Ring tournament. Um, yep. So they had uh, another question, I believe it was like, do you th- what upsets do you see uh, in the King of the Ring uh, tournament, possibly? I'm pulling the brackets up now so we can uh, all... I'm pulling I'm pulling it up right now to speak in fact I just muted my mic. Uh yeah, so I mean the one that immediately comes to mind for me would be I mean I don't know if it's an upset in I think it's a cup upset as far as um the way people, you know I think there's a good chance that um that Elias is gonna be Kevin Owens via shenanigans, right? It, that's always at play, right? Uh, I guess, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, Elias out there. Elias has been doing his whole thing with Shane. Like, so why wouldn't he come out? And why wouldn't Shane come out there and try to fuck him? Right? You can do that. Um, I, I think the most chalk bracket you can do is the one I was thinking up. So there's Cesaro and Samoa Joe. Put over Cesaro. Or excuse me, you put over Samoa Joe uh, because they never let Cesaro prosper. Um, you have Ricochet beat Drew McIntyre in the first round. Uh, Alexander over Zane. Corbin over Miz. Uh, moving on from there, Ricochet would go over Joe. Corbin would go over Alexander. Uh, Ricochet would then go over Corbin and go to the finals for Raw. Um, 
Then, of course, you know, there's Kevin Owens and Elias. I'll take the star power. I'll go with Kevin Owens. Uh, Buddy Murphy will go over Ali. Uh, Chad Gable will go over uh, Sean Benjamin. And Andrade will go over Cruz. Then, second round would be Murphy against Owens. Owens would beat Murphy. Andrade would beat Gable. Semifinal there, Andrade and Owens. This is kind of tough. I would put Andrade over in dirty fashion, or you can have Shane fuck him here, however you want to do it, and then you get a final of Ricochet and Andrade for my pick. And you can, uh, as glowingly as I talked about either both of these gentlemen, you can pick a winner. I don't care. Um, I no. think it would help both of those guys out uh, to be the king of the ring. Um, I, I randomly watched the 93 King of the Ring yesterday. Uh, seeing Bret Hart. 93. Oh, Bret. I was going to say, I was thinking like 93. Who the hell won 93? For some reason, wait, wasn't, didn't, what, did he, what year did Owen win? The year after. And okay. I, I watched some okay. of that tournament also. Uh, it was just, it was, it was so funny watching it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always a, a cool show to kind of rewatch to see the dichotomy that WWE was going through as they were transitioning out of the Hogan era, era as you have Hogan having this dead ass slow match with Yokozuna, uh, in the middle of the show crowd was into it, but then you see what Bret Hart's doing and it's like, this is not the same thing. And then you've got like Duggan on the card and then you've got like Shawn Michaels and Bret. And it's like, yeah, we're going in two different directions right now. And then at the end of the show, Brett gets handcuffed to Jerry Lawler, essentially, for the rest of 1993. And it's like, my God. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, I, I would not have been happy about him having to wrestle Jerry Lawler after all of that. But awesome performance by Brett. Um, Jeremy had a question for me. If it's not too late, I would like to hear Rich's thoughts on Savio Vega's MLW match. James. If you have, like, I don't know if you've seen the graphics that were going around. Savio Vega returned to the ring. He was wrestling for MLW. I saw a graphic about him being on there, and I could have swore that I sent the thing. I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, if you had told me, if I thought, if, if you had asked me on the spot, like, he's dead, and I just missed it, I'd have believed you. So, like, he like, Savio Vega's been dead for like seven years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Savio Vega still dresses like he's in Los Bariquas. He fuck looks the exactly the same. <laughs> Like, he might be a little bit heavier, looks the same. All he has left now are punches and chops. I don't believe he did the spinning wheel kick or anything like that. Uh, the match he had was against Alexander something. He's part of MJF stable. You uh, know, honestly, like, I think the, if, when I think of the spinning wheel, I think of the spinning heel kick, like, I only think of, like, the, the first wheel I remember ever seeing do was, like, him and Owen Hart. Yep. Yep, same here. So it's just funny. Yep. Uh, but Savio, like, it was like he was an old veteran. Like, it was like, all right, this is what I can do. I can do these chops, and I can I have this fire still, and I have and I'll bump for you and make you look like a monster. So it shit had me dying, right? When he was they were showing the graphics and what he was being billed as. He was being billed as the Caribbean champion. He did not come out with said Caribbean championship belt. I want to know what promotion this is. When did he win said Caribbean championship? Uh, yeah, they just build this man as the Caribbean champion, Savio Vega. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of dubious. I'm calling shenanigans here. Um, 
you know, I, I joke that maybe it's like all in where, you know, Kenny didn't bring the title out with him or something like that. But uh, I, if any of you guys have uh, locations on, you know, what, what who he beat in the tournament final or or who the most recent Caribbean champion was before Savio, please let me know. Uh, I, I thought it was an okay match. It was MLW. Uh, they didn't have him go over uh, on the guy. The guy who's wrestling looks like a guy that if Vince McMahon seen him, he would try to steal him immediately. Mm. But um, yeah, he he was fine as an older guy. Uh, it, it made me think of like seeing Tatanka randomly come back or something. Um, yeah, I it, it was it was it was nice to see Savio Vega because I felt like I haven't seen Savio Vega since the Caribbean Strat match against Austin. So. Uh, it's been a long time. So, um, yeah, man. Yeah. So, that, that, yeah, I thought it was okay, Jeremy. Like, you know, nothing like really, no, no, nothing too bad. It, it was a nice television match. Uh, you know, nothing. I, I think, you know, you, you can watch it when you don't want to be overloaded or anything. You can pop that on MOW. So, MOW, awesome presentation. Uh, I watched the whole MOW show, actually. And it was Conan in a storyline with Selena De La Renta. Uh, they were actually... You, you, they have this thing going on where Conan actually... Like, there was some type of... Uh, you know, shit that went wrong, and he ended up with her cell phone, and he's using the cell phone to essentially blackmail her for all the fuck shit she's been doing uh, in the promotion, and it's like, wow, that's kind of a unique thing, that, like, we don't see cell phones and stuff used more in wrestling. Um, I was like, that's kind of unique, and of course, Conan cut his Conan promo on her, and she was pissed, and I I think she's an awesome performer, and, um, yeah, I dig MOW every time I watch it, you know, I drop in here and there, but um, yeah, um, I guess besides that, though, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, yeah, James, was there anything else you wanted to jump into, uh, before we get the fuck up out of here? Uh, no. Um, yeah, so we just did our preview, or uh, I did the preview for, uh, the five-star Grand Prix, and I just thought about it, because I, th- I think we had to do cuts or whatever else, because different things happened with technical stuff, but, um, th- last I checked, like, the only, from the opening night, only the first three, the first, uh, only the last three matches, uh, from, uh, the blocks, um, were put up yet, but, um, the last three matches were, um, were, were all varying degrees of good to great, so, uh, Rich, whenever you get a chance, check out the last three shows, or last three matches like uh jungle versus utami wasn't was just great <laughs> just great um the uh konami versus getsu um they had another they had another outstanding match uh and then uh momo versus azuki uh they had a good match i i thought if you know they were given more time or if this was a white belt match they would have had a better match but um it was, it was still a good match i still would have given three and a half or better so um so yeah, just I guess you know check those out in the meantime until they put the rest of these up. And like I wonder like how fast they're going to put these things up or the order I'm going to watch these things in because like you know me I, I prefer to watch if it's going to be a tournament like I want all the damn tournament matches so I can watch them in chronological order as opposed to just be like I know it's the first night so it don't really fucking matter but still it's like I kind of want to you know don't be doing this show on the last night and be like oh yeah you know we have the main event here on the last uh, the last match you know, from on um, the final night, he's like, what good is this for me? I don't, you know, this doesn't help me. You're just giving away the, the finish. So I will but, have uh, plenty of know. time from eight to 11 on Monday nights, uh, to check all that stuff out. Um, <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, man. and um, I, it looks like those tickets went on sale for the 20th anniversary, quote unquote. Of course, you know it never lines up because they <laughs> held this shit off to do it then. But uh, the SmackDown, the first Fox show, uh, went on sale Friday. They did not sell out. What, what's going on, James? You know, you know the they didn't sell out immediately. You know, with all with all the legends and and everything that they just did like two months ago. It's Madison Square Garden, right? No, this is Stable Center. Oh wow! Uh wait. So when are the Madison Garden shows? Are that September? That's in September. The, okay, those are not sold out either. By the way, mm. man. I mean, that's that's a risk you run. Like you dilute your product by having too much of it on the street, so like people aren't you know in love with it the way that they should be. And I mean, you know, you're making all this money, but it's going to come at a cost by overextending yourself to this to this extent like they're now as you said like they're about to be out here with seven hours of weekly television and you know it's gonna be hard for anyone to fall in love with you out here doing seven hours of television um weekly um even i mean i think they i think they're gonna have some bit of relief by the fact that like they're not doing back-to-back days with tuesday smackdown at monday but like you know it's just too much wrestling out there for you to really be following and i think the idea is you know, we we get you hooked on this WWE wrestling, but like, you know, some if you fuck around and you watch something else outside of WWE, like, I feel like it's all too easy for you not to like fall, you know, to kind of be like or fall in or fall out of love with WWE in the way that like you know we used to. Like, can you imagine? Think about how much we were into like Raw and or especially Raw, but um, Raw like during the Daniel Bryan run. Like, can you imagine like if New Japan or New Japan World like was around in two, three years earlier? Do you think we was? Do you think like we would? Uh, how do you think we would have quit WWE earlier? Um, <clears throat> or do you think it would have been a situation where like like once they did gender, or, like it would have been a wrap for us? I think once they did gender, for sure it would have been a wrap. Okay. Like, I think it would have been, like, WrestleMania 33 would have been, yeah. like, what the fuck has happened here? Like, and then from there, that whole, like, post-period, like, so. Yeah, that yeah. would have killed it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, you know, they got to do what they got to do, but uh, go ahead and sell them tickets, Vince. So, um, yeah. Good. Best of luck. God bless them. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's going to wrap up One Nation Radio. You guys know where to find all the shows here on the network. Shouts out to everybody on the network and everything like that. Uh, Shouts out to Jeremy once again. Uh, Happy 30th birthday. Uh, And thank you for everything uh, as far as, you know, what you've uh, done, you know, in our personal friendship and uh, also everything, you know, you put into the Social Suplex Podcast Network and the website itself and glad to have you around, man. Glad to call you my friend. So, uh, we getting up out of here. Peace. Later. Happy birthday, Jeremy.